they've rushed the field in a home opener at Lane Stadium. That that's actually mind blowing. Like they were largely nice, but that's that's absurd. That's that's patently absurd. Welcome to Football School. I am Tate Frazier. He is Charlie Hume, and we are here today to commiserate the North Carolina Tar Heels falling on Friday night to the Virginia Tech Hokies. We officially got pokeyed by the Hokies. Charlie, you were there, boots on the ground. How are we feeling? We got to talk through this. We got to decompress. We got to work. This is going to be a therapy session for North Carolina football fans. But Charlie, how are you right now? And uh, can you get us up to speed on what it felt like to be in Blacksburg? Yeah, this is this is absolutely. If you are a Carolina football fan and you are listening to this podcast, when you are listening to this podcast, <laughs> you have made it through at least all five stages of grief or seven yes. stages, depending on which model you subscribe to. Uh, <laughs> but you you you've been through all that. You probably had all these discussions ad nauseum. So we're going to do one final group therapy session and we're, yeah. all, we're just going to just get it all out and then we're going to be done with it and we're going to move on. And so i just like, Tate, I would like to paint you a little Christopher Nolan sort of visual moving images yes. picture of, of this Please. evening. We're, we're going to do a memento style. We're going to go, we're going to go the, the <laughs> last chronological thing. We're going to work our way back. All right. So yes. 10, 18 PM on Friday, September 3rd. Got a little Oof. exterior shot of a Cracker Barrel in Christiansburg, Virginia. Okay, <laughs> and we're just gonna we're gonna zoom we're gonna zoom past the Cracker Barrel into the Quality Inn, where there are yeah. five dejected middle-aged men eating Papa John pizza, and on on, <laughs> on what couldn't have been larger than a twelve-inch laptop screen, rewatching the North Carolina Virginia Tech season opener that we just lost yes. seventeen to ten in abysmal fashion. Okay, how how did this happen? How did we get here? The absolute saddest low point. Now let me take you back perhaps an hour earlier where I'd been watching this game in, in the nosebleeds of Lane Stadium, sitting next to to two guys, Rob Kirkland and Rob Christensen, who I consider to be close friends, yet I'd probably spoken nice. a collective fifteen words to both of them over the course of the game because it was just <laughs> constant like something happened catastrophic and then i'm just looking yeah. down my heads in my Trudging. hand and i don't know what to say about it uh and and but yet <laughs> there was one more chance for belief with less than a minute left fourth quarter sam howell has a chance yes. to tie no up, turnovers takes the in the fourth quarter never had a turnover in the fourth quarter <laughs> never had a turnover in the fourth quarter and there is the game ending pick and just like one as soon last as they time. showed the graphic i was like oh it's over and, it's and over. then and then let me take you back maybe three hours <laughs> earlier okay where I'm at a Carolina tailgate. We're playing music. Yeah. We're drinking yeah. Carolina legend Connor Barth's Blue Shark vodka, which is delicious, Shout by the Connor way. Barth. Shout out to Connor yeah. Barth. We're like, this is this is <laughs> such a Carolina day. This is our party. We're gonna do it again. And I felt like the guy from Memento. Like I need to tattoo all of yeah. these losses on my arms. So every time I get hyped up for Carolina football, I'm like, yeah. wait a second. I think I've seen this movie before, and something really yeah. bad happens. And so that is. That is my – that's the picture I wanted to paint for you of, of what that day was like and, and the, the mental space I've been in since that loss. And it's, it's not a great one. It's not a great one, Jay. <laughs> we 
you know, we started this podcast, episode one. We bring on Michael Lombardi, who we love Lombardi. He gets us fired up because he's talking about Sam Howe. He's talking about the Heisman run. He's talking about, you know, he saw him and uh, he knew immediately. This guy's a quarterback. He's a QB. He's ready for the moment. He called it a crib thing. You and I, we're on, we're on cloud nine. Um, but I listened back to our episode. Not that I go back and listen to myself talk because that would be a little much. But I listened back to the episode to see, you know, how eager we were. Were we too eager? Were, were we too excited? Were we just, you know, were we being naive, I guess, was what I was looking for. And at the end of the last show, you and I did talk about that, you know, this was a tough matchup on the road. It's a Friday night game. It's playing in Lane Stadium. It is an orange out. You were going to be there. You were there for the six overtime loss. So, I mean, you're you're trying to fight some demons. So, we put a lot out there. We went all in from the jump. And it was set up for disaster. And uh, I think that Virginia Tech knew this. Uh, I think that they were very excited about. Because if we really play it all out, Virginia Tech, by, by all, you know, metrics, says that they are a football school. They've always been a football school. So, we are trying to, or and we are now on that level, but we come in with the expectations, we come in with the preseason, preseason rankings, and we come in with a team that is really trying to figure it out. And I think the first time I got a little bit nervous was, you know, I turn on the broadcast and they show our guy Josh Downs. We love Josh Downs. And he's catching punts. And, you know, he waits for the fair catch and he, and he catches it and he does like a little like, you know, hyped up run. But it was a very tight, you know what I mean? It just felt very tight. And from the, from the jump in this game, that was how Carolina played. We played very, very, like I, I tweeted at you, you put the picture of you in the Hawaiian shirt. I said it was a very Shane Falco quicksand moment for this entire team because as they tried to battle back, as they tried to fight, as they tried to get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of juice, a little bit of something, it felt like on the other side of that was detriment, was, uh, was a tough ride for all parties involved, especially if you were a North Carolina football fan. And I think the one little nugget that I did not mention on our show, Michael Vick, I'm in a fantasy football league with Michael Vick. We can talk about that later. But he, I, I mentioned to him, I mentioned to him, I said, hey, North Carolina, Friday night, number 10 team, excited about going into Lane Stadium. And he said very nonchalantly, I wouldn't be excited for that if I were y'all. And, and I, you know, you kind of take these things to, to the chest a little bit, especially when a legend tells you to, to keep your head on a swivel, especially a man who threw to a Carolina legend, Algie Crumpler, for so long and knows Carolina football. And it was set up for disaster. I think the, the bright note that I have, we, we can get into the drudge of it all, but we did play on Friday night, and college football is a Saturday sport, and we are undefeated on Saturdays. And I think that is one thing that I will come away with because we are not a high school football team, and boy – Kicking off at 6 o'clock on a Friday was not good for our team. And uh, we looked tight. We looked scared. And Virginia Tech should have scored at least 40 points on us. Yet they still only put up 17. Um, and we had a chance, like you said, at the end of this game to win. And we had no business being in this game. So there are some – I might be being naive again, but there are some things that you can take away that are a little bit positive. And Mike Vick was right. That was the other thing that you can take away from this. Michael Vick, one of one of the, <laughs> the many things that make uh, Virginia Tech a, a storied and illustrious football school. And when he talks, you listen. And, I mean, yes. if, if you had told me, like, 10 years ago, even five years ago, you're like, hey uh, – there's going to be a home opener. There's going to be a year of football where fans largely cannot attend, okay? And, and the first game uh, is going to be a home opener in Lane Stadium. It's going to be full capacity. Fans are going to be rocking. They're going to be playing. They're going to be unranked. They're going to be playing a number 10 team in the nation. They're going to beat that team again, like you know, they're the underdog. They're going to they're going to beat that team and they're going to rush the field. I would tell you 
wow, they played against a capital F football school for sure. Yes. And then Alabama, if, and then LSU. <laughs> yeah, one of these the, And then if you would have told me that team was Carolina, I would have laughed you out of the room. So <laughs> I think that it's, you know, we have, to, we have to remember the big picture here, which is like, hey, yeah. we're still in this moment. And, and yes, like – you you just mentioned moments ago. I am this is the second week in a row. I'm doing a I'm I'm telling you about a physical thing I'm wearing on an audio format. But I'm wearing <laughs> I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt, the Hawaiian shirt where it all began, 2019 South Carolina opener where we won. Yeah. And, and back then it was like it you know it represented a little bit of hope and and new magic in the program. Now it's like we're we're all sad because what because we made it to this point and everyone thinks we're we're a legit school. So probably good that we had to take a little bit of of hard medicine. Um, the, the, the bummer is when you compare it to other big losses week one, like Clemson scores three points and loses to Georgia. Now, obviously Georgia's a better team, but like still you lose that game week one, but it's an, it's a non-conference game. Like this is a conference game in a division game. And so what that yeah. means effectively is Virginia tech has to lose two coastal games for us to not be in a tiebreaker with them to go to the championship game and both be one losses in the coastal. That's pretty tough. So I think I think that um, I I think that you know it just has to get better. There's just there's just there was so almost we've been pokied. That's all I know. They they got us, and I don't know who made the schedule. I I don't like to point fingers at anyone, but the fact that they opened the season on the road at Virginia Tech, which is basically NC State of Virginia, and then wrap the season up at in Raleigh at NC State. Uh, I mean, this is. This is not the best draw when you talk about, you know, the, the setup for Carolina football to have this, you know, amazing undefeated season that we were all hoping that it could be. But we also can't get too down and, and think that it's it's all over because of one game. But like you said, the the real the real strategy for Carolina to make the playoff, which I think is the dream for everyone in the program, is to win the Coastal and then to beat Clemson and Charlotte and then be able to go to the playoff. So we understand when you get behind the eight ball in the Coastal – you you are in a position where, wow, not only are we out of this undefeated conversation, which would have been a lot of fun, but now we're literally in a conversation of we're going to lose a tiebreaker to a team that we've always competed against for the Coastal and a team that is a rival. You know what I mean? I think that's the underrated part of this whole, like a lot of people in the national sphere reaching out to me. They're like, you launched a show called Football School and they lost at Virginia Tech, you know? There were a lot of people that were concerned about me. They were like, what, why, what did you, what were you thinking about this? And I was thinking that we have the roster and the talent and I had a belief in this team that they were going to, you know, take that next step. And what was that next step, Charlie? 10 wins, maybe going to the playoff and maybe beating Clemson and going, you know what I mean? That that was that's what you're hoping for. That's not out of the question, but when you lose this game in Blacksburg, it definitely hurts. It definitely is a gut punch, but I'm I'm a little bit optimistic because I think our team needed a needed something, right? Like we were too high. We needed to get knocked down like a little bit, and uh, and maybe that's what happens with this whole thing. And now nobody believes in us. And and to put it in a Bill Simmons uh, vernacular, nobody believes in North Carolina. That they are the nobody believes in us team. I got I got one of those texts from Billy Gill that was like a real soft probe. Like, <laughs> are you are you still hanging in there? Like, good, you know, I was like, yeah, hey, you know, it, it, it's pretty bad. But I love Billy Gill so much, man. What a great guy, <laughs> great human being. But you know, I just told him, hey, look. At least we didn't launch a, a, a podcast called Football School the week before we lost to Virginia Tech on the road to open the season. Like that would it would have been really terrible if that was the case. But <laughs> yeah. but here we are, and we did that. So I mean, I, I think that that um, so you're looking at this game, and we don't have to rehash this thing in in gory detail because none of us really want to. 
I think it's pretty clear that there there were there were issues almost everywhere on the field for people who weren't named Josh Downs or Jacorius Conley. So yes. specifically, like <laughs> Sam wasn't as accurate as he normally is. Turned the ball over. Offensive. Sam just he was just holding on to the ball for that split second. You know what I mean? Like, and that that comes down to trust at some level. So. Again, it was not a great setup when you have the crowd back, the noise, but then there was moments where it was like, okay, Sam, throw it now, and he holds on to the football. He was just a little too cute, you know what I mean? But that happens when you're a Heisman hopeful and you're trying to hit a home run every time. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. Sam was trying to hit a home run every single play, and we just needed singles. We just needed base hits. Yeah, there was something. I think Phil Longo said this when they were kind of recapping the game with him where he pulled some RPOs to pass when he should have handed those off, and then held onto the ball and took a sack that way. Those were some of the sacks. Then he said there were some coverage sacks because the receivers couldn't get separation. So, like, th- that doesn't look great for the the offensive line or the wide receivers. Like, arguably, the running backs and the limited chances they got were, you know, were some of the most productive members of the offense, which I don't think anyone expected. But the offense yeah. is, is largely why the game was lost. Now, I think there have been arguments that are made about the defense where – Hey, they only allowed 17 points, but that easily could have been 24, 27, even 31. Uh, So I think that's a flattering scoreline. But, you know, obviously I think there were more bright spots there. I think early on the game, the fact that Tech was able just to kind of put together this massive drive, wear down the clock, you know, Braxton Burmeister springing for runs. Those are those yeah. are not encouraging things to see for you know when the defense that's been heralded as much as they have in this offseason has been comes out and plays like that against that team. Good news is they only allowed three points in the second half, and so yeah, at least there were some adjustments made where they got a little bit better. Yeah, and if you look at you know just kind of the Virginia Tech lineup and and how things were going had to play out for them to win this game. It played out pretty much to a T what they needed to happen. They needed to control time of possession. They needed to kind of milk our defense, keep them on the field. They needed to have Sam have some three and outs, some big sacks to get us out of scoring position. Um, and, and all of that just seemed to snowball throughout this game. And every single time that you wanted Sam to, to have a big play, you know, and, and not to point out Emory Simmons, but it felt like it hit him in the hands and it would be dropped. You know what I mean? Like there were so many moments where North Carolina had their moment, right, to, to really take this game. But they didn't deserve it because at the end of the day, they never took any of those chances. And the one real touchdown or the one big play that they did have was the Josh Downs screen. And when Josh Downs goes and scores that touchdown – I mean, Virginia Tech's defender basically headbutts him after the play. It, it, and and so you almost lose, not to say it's a momentum game. I don't know how much you can buy into momentum, but like the momentum that you needed to kind of punk them back, it never came, right? Even when you score a touchdown, Virginia Tech is celebrating their guy kind of getting in the face of Josh Down. So there was never this moment of like, oh, wait, Carolina's getting back in control here. And, and that's almost what they needed. And we never hit him back. You know what I mean? We just kept taking in blows, taking in blows. And eventually we just kind of, you know, fell over and, uh, and keeled over and it was over. And, and I'm not saying that we don't have fight. I think that we do, but it, we just, this was a, a, a whole cloud of like, no, like you, you don't want any of this for a team that was trying to find itself and they still have a lot of work to do. And that's why, you know, we can talk about the, the best case, worst case scenarios for this team, but in general, you know, being in this game, they had their chances, right? And and you were there in the building, and you know what it feels like. If if that crowd had to turn and they weren't celebrating the entire time, who knows what it feels like? If they get silent for a little bit, there's a chance. But they never turned off, and the orange out worked, and uh, we all broke our hearts. <laughs> it was for a game that was just a seven-point loss, you know, and we've been to games that were 
like touchdown losses where we came we were like obviously it sucks to lose but like that was i enjoyed that game or you know we, yeah. we showed something there that we were excited about or whatever lsu 2010 we come back in that game I mean, exactly. it was basically 30 to 10 game game over you know go home pack it up carolina fans were leaving and then we make this nice sprint kind of what florida state did uh you know against notre dame last yeah. night you know they they kind of make this last ditch effort it's a beautiful but then they come up short and everyone's like ah oh, Moral victory, right? Like we've had our moral victory. You before. you leave the stadium, you're you're like there's something to talk about. This like I'm I'm not lying to you when I tell you that is if not top three, maybe like the most miserable sporting experience I've ever been to for the exact reason you're touching on with with the touchdown, but immediately like it there was just there were so few positives to take from the game and so many yeah. moments where you're just your only reaction is like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm putting my, my hand in, 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 or my, my head in my hands and just looking down. And I, I, I there's no other reaction I can have. Like that, those games are, it, 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 I guess it was an illustration of the lack of momentum. We really couldn't put anything together and sustain anything over long terms. Like even the moments where we turned over the ball, like when Burmeister threw that pick and then Sam immediately throws a pick, you know, a couple throws later, and you're just like, yeah. how how are we not getting any sort of momentum going? I, I think it's interesting some of the discussions about, like, we won the toss, should we have deferred, should we have received, try to score to set the tone early, but I just don't know. I, I think it was the, – the thing about, like, a lane stadium crowd is if you take them out of it early, then they're less of a factor. But the moment yes. you start just – blowing it over and over again in, in Virginia Tech's making big plays and they're like getting fired up well then it's just gonna snowball and go and, and you're gonna be hosed at that point because you know it's just it's impossible to play against and you never made them squirm because like you said Conley gets that pick and it felt like okay that was it that was the moment that Carolina kind of needed to get going and then what two plays later Sam throws a pick so Virginia Tech never has to really hold their breath in that moment when they have the early fumble they're already on their way to score another touchdown and North Carolina does nothing with, with that fumble, you know what I mean? So every single time that, you know, the momentum swing was there for the taking, not only did we not take the swing, we we basically just quickly gave it right back to them, you know what I mean? And so they never had to squirm. They never had to be quiet. They got to bring out the key plays. They got to do the hokey pokey. They got to, to do everything that they're comfortable doing. And Fuente didn't have to sweat at all. And I think the one thing that was discouraging, right, when you looked at our sideline, and I love Mac Brown. Like I, I mean, I Mac Brown. I would give him a hug and a dap, and you know, a hundred dollars if I had in my pocket every single day. But in this game, he looked like you and I at a Capasig tailgate. You know what I mean? Like we just looked absolutely hammered, and uh, and it's one of those things where we needed someone to kind of you know reassert to our team. I feel like at some level, from a football wise, like hey guys, let's. Calm it down. Let, let's let's get ourselves together. But Mac looked a little bit out of it too. He's also just turned seventy years old, so I'm not expecting him to to be like you know a, a young guy like Sean McVay, you know, getting the team rallied up. But it did seem like everyone on Carolina staff, coaches included, got hit in the mouth. You know what I mean? And they had a plan, and they all got hit in the mouth, and they're all like, "Wait a second, I thought this was going to work out differently." Yeah, there there there's a there's a great game and or segment on Levitard show that's called the Looks Like Game. And so yeah. there was an image <laughs> I remember once of, of Romeo Cornell and, and it looked very similar to a screenshot I saw of Mac Brown from Friday night. And, and the, the, the text on it was that Romeo Cornell looks like he just watched his neighbor's dog get eaten by an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> those were the those were the sort of vibes I was feeling for some of those screenshots of Mac Brown. Just like 
what <laughs> what am I witnessing right now? Like this, there's yeah. nothing that I've bewilderment. <laughs> yeah. I've coached this team for two years. I've recruited these guys. What what just happened? What are they doing? Yeah, and, and I think like that. It's even funny as we're trying to have this discussion about the game. You're trying to break it down, and at least for me, I, I struggle to find a way to talk about it because it's just like the only thing you can do is look at it and hope, like. That, that we can just wipe that slate almost entirely clean. Like, there's so yeah. little to gain from that other than, guys, we need to stop buying into the hype. We need to take, you know, opponents more seriously. I think the, the nuanced parts of it are, what I worry about it is getting out coached. Like, Justin Hamilton, yeah. the Virginia Tech's new defensive coordinator who took over for Bud Foster. The fact that he yeah. coached circles around Phil Longo seemingly. I mean, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. But, like, that that is a little bit rough. Because, like, you can try to... You can fix effort, mindset, like intensity, stuff like that. Like, if we're getting out coached, boy, it's going to be a long season. So, I mean, I, you just yeah. got to hope that it's like, all right, we've all learned our lessons. We've all taken away things from this. And we're just going to go out and, like, punish all these teams, starting with Georgia Yeah, State. It, I do think the worst part about this, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, Longo was tough. But I look at our D-line, it feels like we have a problem of we have more talent behind our ones. And there is a there's going to be a decision to be made. It's like, do we play the more talent or do we play the more experience? And I do think the talent is going to be more effective for us too, especially if you go into a game like this where I guess the impetus right for North Carolina is we have to show them that we are so much more talented than they are that they have no shot. We have to take their will early on in this game. And North Carolina did not play up to their talent. Therefore, it's so facto the, the domino effect falls out and here we are. We lose this game. And I'm not sure that our experience is talented enough to, to beat you just on pure talent. But I think our second guys could be, but they also have to get the game reps. And I think that Jay Bateman was playing a dangerous game on our D-line of like, how many snaps do I play this guy? Is it six snaps? Is it eight snaps? Is it 10 snaps? Well, he's playing better, so do I keep him out for two more snaps? You know what I mean? And that that is going to be a fascinating conversation throughout the season. And I am in the camp that now that they've lost this game, play the talent, right? Like, I mean, I, you know, this isn't North Carolina basketball. I could care less about seniority. Play the talent, and let's, let's develop that talent. And then by the time we get into the October, November, December, we're building towards not only this season, but into next season as we add on to that talent with more of Mac Brown's recruiting classes. And now we're really a football school, right? I mean, that, that to me is all this was. We just changed our win now, go for it all this year. I think we may have changed it back to, you maybe dialed it back to eight if we were on 10. And that could be good for our young guys on the defense. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it's like if you're trying to play a certain way and guys that are there that have been there for a long time for whatever reason are hard workers, any number of things, they got to have great attributes. But you but you need to start playing these younger guys so they can yeah, get this type of experience. they can be in for special packages or sure. whatever it may be. But let, let's, let's, let's start let this those. young kid go for 10 snaps. It, yeah. It's almost like in a way like we were sold this idea by the hype or the media or whatever else. I know they say they don't listen to it, but you, you can't help but avoid it when, when you have reporters coming around asking questions. You're being featured on programs and talked about in a certain way. Like we were sold the idea that we were some this sexy team with all these you know yeah. high powered, and not to say that we haven't played like that in the last two seasons with Sam Howell, but you know you go into a place like Virginia Tech, and you know maybe there was a lot of you know new unique stuff the Tech threw at Carolina, but you got to think that these are smart coaches that know you know the the variants and schemes they're going to see, and it's like almost like we went in there and we're like we have to play this sort of idealistic sort of way to showcase that we are 
this top 10 team. Like we are a program that like we have an identity. This is where we play. Instead of just going in there and being like, dude, first game of the season, first game in front of a full stadium in a while. Like, let's just do whatever we need to do to get the win. And we can sort out yeah. all this, this other weird stuff on the back end. But like, let's just stop trying to do all this stuff and forcing it and just, and just find a way, find something simple that works and, and, and try to win that way. Because plan A was just, not working and not working and not working and not working. At a certain point, you got to be like, you know, this is just, we got to just try something different. Yeah. And it's always been Mac Brown's knock. You know what I mean? And that's why it was really unfortunate because, like you said, two years ago against South Carolina, Mac Brown kind of gets his first signature win at North Carolina, kind of sets the tone for his tenure. And, you know, America, he cries. You know what I mean? He, you know, he, he's, he's tearing up because he's so happy that these guys who just had to suffer under Larry Fedora and Nathan Elliott and Chad Surratt throwing passes over his head with two hands, that they just beat South Carolina. And that was, you know, obviously led to Will Muschamp being fired and kind of this turn changing of the guard, right, between the, the Carolinas and who was the football school between those two states. A lot of connective tissue there. The HBC was at Duke, goes to South Carolina, yada, yada, yada. You know all this. But Mac Brown, this was his Achilles heel on national TV. And I think it all kind of just, it, it, was a, it was a snowball effect of sorts. And it was kind of the perfect storm for North Carolina to get quote-unquote embarrassed. But like you and I are dissecting right now, how embarrassing is it really that Virginia Tech stormed the field after they beat North Carolina? Like that's not embarrassing at all. If you had told me that in 2015, the year that North Carolina won the Coastal and went to go play against Clemson, that in four years that they're going to storm the field when we beat them as a top 10 team, I would have asked you how we got there. You know, like Because I, I would have known it wasn't Larry Fedora, smart, fast, and physical. I would have told you that it couldn't have been that guy. So what happened? And what happened was we got one of the best coaches and CEOs in all of college football history running our program. And granted, there are going to be some moments where we're like, God, that was vintage Mac Brown, and, and not in a good way, but it's also going to be the other side of that, which is like, this is vintage Mac Brown. Look at the talent that we're bringing into our program, and I'll take the ebbs and flows of that, and I'll be happy with it. You know what I mean? Even if it leads to some losses, I'm happy about what we get on the other side. It, here's my one sort of final thought that it's kind of uh, encapsulating a lot yeah. of things we've talked about here, and, and then and then you know we can kind of play it forward and look at you know some best-case, worst-case scenarios, but... The Carolina football movie, it doesn't seem right unless it begins with a gut-wrenching season-opening loss. Like, yeah. when we look back at the season DVD, if we do indeed reach the heights that we end up reaching, yeah. we want it to start with a little bit of adversity. Like, this is classic <laughs> yeah. Carolina football yeah. stuff right here. Like, we, like, like we, can't, we can't change our ways. We, we got to soak this up. This is, this is what we are. Now we just got to yeah. fight back and just go win, like, 10 or 11 games. Exactly. And I think that leads us perfectly into our best case, worst case scenario. And I'll start on the positive end because I think best case scenario, like you said, there is a script to what happens in the Carolina football, you know, especially in the past decade. And in 2015, Marquise Williams and North Carolina comes into a game against South Carolina. We were supposed to win this game. We were favored, you know, which was a little bit shocking at the time, but we had the squad to be favored. We were a very talented team. And we were so bad in that game. And Marquis, who I love to death, was so bad in that game that there were people on the Inside Carolina message boards claiming that there may have, that he may have thrown the game. You know what I mean? That that's how that's how deep we were into the drudge of like that's how bad they played. And then from there, they go on to win the coastal. They they have an amazing season and, and basically have the best season that we've had in this era of Carolina football. 
And that is, to me, the best case scenario for this team, right? This is that game against South Carolina. It makes no sense. Sam throws three interceptions. He looks completely out of sorts. You know, and, and, and nationally, you know, the, 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 the people aren't really on us anymore. You know what I mean? They've moved on. They're like, North Carolina sucks. That's usually where we thrive. And I think that's the best case scenario, that North Carolina now has kind of the elephant out of the room and they can try to run the table or at least win 10, 11 games, like you said. And that's our best case scenario. And so, so if that is if that's the best case scenario, and we hope that, that culminates with a ACC title game berth, and then we're yeah. just basically where we hope to be. Like I don't know how you're how you feel about your ambitions, but I'm basically if we make it to the ACC title game, win or lose, we'll have done. Like I hope we we win and go on, but like you, like you kind yeah. of said, we're realizing right now this is a longer plan. This year might not be the year, so that that would be a win. So if that's the best case scenario, I I got the schedule right here in front of me. <laughs> and uh, we, we should probably talk about some of this stuff. All right, so, yeah. so well, now, 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 now it gets real. Now it gets a little mean? bit real. We start talking about because this is this is to just reel it back to the beginning. This is this is kind of what happened on the back end of the uh, at the Quality Inn in Christiansburg, Virginia, on Friday night when we yeah. had a few slices of, of Pop Johns. We're like, we can bounce back, but let's look, let's go through this. So Georgia State on September 11th, I think we're we can all comfortably say that that's going to be a win. We one should. I, I I honestly I've heard that they're good, so I can't comfortably say that. But I want to see us, you know, I want to see us show who we are in this game. Let's assert some will in this game. They're, they're you know? a Sun Belt team, and, and, and we're going to come back at the end, and, and I'm going to give you a few fun facts on Georgia State that I'm sure you're going to be very excited to hear. Uh, yeah. But but they, they lost to Army Week One, 43 to 10. So that's your headline. Okay. We should beat that team. Uh, okay. Good. Okay. September 18th. Virginia at home. I, I I love that that game is at home, but I hate playing Virginia. I hate playing Virginia. I cannot stand playing Virginia. Classic trap game. That's that's a classic trap game, and if all you're doing is playing Georgia State between your worst performance of the Mac Brown era 2.0 and then your next game's Virginia, um, I don't know. I don't feel great about that. Yeah, I don't either. And especially because Mac Brown is, you know, famously and Dre Bly, the whole staff, they famously are just taking recruits out of Virginia. Like they are taking over two up, two down. So the two programs that are most affected by that, obviously, even though Virginia's recruiting a different type of kid now, it's totally different. But Virginia Tech is obviously impacted by that. So for both the Virginia teams to get their revenge on Mac Brown, that would check out. You know what I mean? As far as like a lot of those kids probably being like, I wish I could have played in North Carolina. So. I, I hate them. It's kind of the Ronald Curry effect of this whole thing. Yeah. So Virginia's – and it's also the South's oldest rivalry. You know what I mean? North Carolina, Virginia, it, it goes way, 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 way back, as we all know. So that, that's a terrifying game. I'm just glad it's at home. That's a terrifying game. But So I'm, I'm going to do a really weird and dumb uh, schedule run through, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you the record. I'm going to put question marks. I'm going to come back yeah. and resolve those at the end. So I'm going to say yeah. at that point we're one and one with one question mark, okay? <laughs> September 25th. At Georgia Tech in the Mercedes Benz Dome slash Arena, whatever they've decided to call it. Yeah. Kanye's I, I, house. Kanye's house. That's right. Con, like literally Kanye's house. <laughs> uh, how do you, I mean, I, I get that. Okay. So Georgia here, here, Tech is always a terrible, like, it's always a trap game for us as well. But obviously, Paul Johnson era with the right. option, that, that was a totally different thing because we would always need like a week to prepare for the triple option. Now we don't have to have that, which is nice. I also like that they're playing in a dome. I think that favors our team. I think we're a faster team. So I, w- I would take that as a W, but it's also on the road against Georgia Tech. So well, that's, and, and it's I'm a gonna, question mark. I'm gonna, I think it's a question mark. That's a, I think that's a question mark. Only because <laughs> it, it's, it, it is on the road. It, you know, their fans yeah. are going to be hyped up about it. 
uh, is it Jeff Collins, the head coach there now? I think he's like year yeah. three or four. Like he has some legit talent in before. Like there was the there were the the post triple option years where it's like we have a bunch of players that we can't use, so we're going to be off for a while. <laughs> Those years no are now sense. over, yeah. and they have a decent team. So I'm I'm going to temporarily put that one in the question mark column. So we're now one and one with two question marks. October second, Duke. Duke just lost to Charlotte. That's a win. I don't know what what more I need to say about that other than yeah. I had an interesting conversation on the golf course today with a guy who thinks they should fire David Cutcliffe as a Duke fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what it's coming to at Duke. Well, it, Alabama essentially killed Duke football. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I'm not really sure why any school, and I'm and I'm saying this, like, as a PSA, why would any school agree to play Alabama in week one? They are undefeated in that week. They blow out everybody because they have more depth than everybody, and they're also more prepared. And, like, Duke went there trying to get, like, a brand play by playing Alabama. They get stomped, like, 59-7 to 7 or whatever it was and basically essentially killed their program. And Miami, I mean, for all – I mean, basically killed their season, you know? Yes. Well, and even worse, think of all the, the sad gifts that come out of that game. I mean, oh, that's just a, an onslaught. It's miserable. Even, even after all the years of the money you've spent on the, on the gate receipts you split with them, you, those gifts are going to live forever. So you really yeah. – you can't scrub the internet in that way. So that's yeah. The money is not worth it. It's not worth the money. So we're okay. So we're two and one now with two question marks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then we got to play Florida State at home, and we that's just watched that mark. Florida State Notre Dame yeah, game. That's a question mark. Do you think Mackenzie Milton's going to be starting by then? That that is to me the biggest test of the Florida State team. Like if he plays in their next game and looks the same. Then I am, uh, then I'm worried. You know what I mean. But if he comes out in the next game and it's a very Ryan Fitzpatrick situation where like he had the magic, but when he doesn't have the magic, he's like a turnover machine. Then I think we're okay. And and honestly, I hope that he lasts. Like if it does look like that, I hope he lasts until the Carolina game, and then you know we can take advantage of that situation. But Florida State's scary. I mean, they they have the confidence too because they think that they can beat a top ten team, and obviously almost did against Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it makes me a little nervous that the guy who like randomly showed up to start against us last year and beat us is now getting yeah. benched for a guy who might even have more magic than him. And, you know, I, so I, that, that, that game scares me a lot. That goes in the question mark category. So and Florida State owns Mac Brown, or they have traditionally, right? I mean, 1997, we're the number two seed in the country. They're number one. They come and beat us and essentially ruin our national championship hopes, hopes under Mac Brown. And... Then Mac Brown leaves and goes to Texas. So I mean, Florida State is always a problem. And if Mac Brown continues on the same trend, if the trends are correct, that's a really tough game for us. But luckily, we play at home, and uh, we've been up at home against Florida State. Two thousand and nine, we were both at that game. Christian Ponder game. Charlie Brown <laughs> gets beat on a a huge what was like a ninety three yard touchdown pass or something like that. Uh, so we've seen Florida State do this before. Florida State's a it's it you know they're they're a. a, a okay team that turned into a good team that are getting better and i i mean whatever the case is with that they're a question mark question and then, mark and then the next week <laughs> we're playing miami at home yeah which is also a question mark just because i mean miami's got to be better than they looked against alabama this is I actually think that this, we, this is one where i wanted to just write it as a win because I, we just we i, have I miami's missed what we, so hard what what we did to them last year i'm scared there's like a <laughs> There's like a kind of like what I hope happens with reversal. Yeah, like what what I hope happens against Florida State for us, like where we wreck Florida State after what they did last year. I'm scared that could come back and the shoes on the other foot. But luckily, we play at home, and that's 
we've always played well against Miami at home. I mean, I think about Ja'Cory Harris when he came in through five picks. You know what I mean? That that was a great time. And Derek King and Ja'Cory Harris, both Heisman nominees, preseason picks that kind of are going to fade away as the season moves on. So there's some similarities there. I think it's a W. You're right. Put a W. Put a W. I, I just, you know, I'm 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 totally okay with a karmic reversal. They have to happen. You can't beat everyone forever unless. Yeah. I mean, literally, that was Clemson and UNC basketball, and, and that's over. So there, nothing's oh. real. Disneyland's. That been- was the worst part. Well, not the worst part of the pandemic, but it was up there. It might have been number two of the pandemic for me, losing to Clemson at home. I mean, that's disgusting. It's just it can't happen. But so okay. So <laughs> as far as this goes, I'm okay with like let Sam go three zero against Miami and leave and forever have Miami's number, and then like even next yeah. year that could be our one like random loss we have to overcome on the way to the title game. I, I can live with that, you know? Yeah. It is same. Sam has to be Miami all three times. So, so, so we're saying, okay, so we're going to, we're going to make that. We're going to make a that. W. That's a W. So we're Sam's winning that game. Three and one with one, two, three question marks. Okay. Not terrible. Not terrible. By week road on the road against Notre Dame. W. Rain. Oh, on, <laughs> w on the bye week. Uh, we're going to own that bye week. We're going to get prepared for Notre yes. Dame. I think that we are owed. You talk about karmic, uh, whatever. Let's not say gods because I think touchdown Jesus is going to own us if we're, if we're working with just that God. But, you know, whatever the football gods are, whoever they may be, we got cheated so hard in 2014 when, I, when we played at Notre Dame. Um, I just love Mike Wilbonning, everything on the show. I was at that game and. They called roughing the snapper, which I don't think exists. I'm pretty sure it's not an actual thing. Um, but that was a way to stop our offense. We were up 21 to three at one point in that game. It was a complete blowout, and then they, you know, did what Notre Dame does: gets the refs to help them get back in the game. So if the if the karmic football gods are on our side, we win this game at Notre Dame. And I, I don't think Notre Dame looked good last night. You know what I mean? It gave me a little bit of hope. I'm not going to say it's a W because it's obviously on the road, and we have to beat them by two touchdowns to actually win there. But I like a question mark. I like a good, strong question mark. And, uh, you know, we beat Charlie Weiss and Keenan Butch Davis did that. Charlie Weiss tried not to shake his hand. Um, We all remember that moment. Um, But in general, I think that we have a chance. And last year, Notre Dame came and played perfect against us. Literally perfect. So, karmic gods say we have to win this game. I've just I've just realized that something amazing's happened in the middle of this segment. This start out as a worst case scenario is that we've let yeah. our Carolina football fan <laughs> and we started and we started sharpying in W's against Miami. That's amazing. That's that's actually that's, that's, that's truly good. amazing. That's that's some yeah. Carolina. We like that. <laughs> we like that. Hey. So we're gonna question mark Notre Dame. We're not gonna stop. But what now. would a what would a football school? You know, they would think right. that they're gonna win. You know, that's you ask exactly an Arkansas right. fan every single Saturday, they're like, we're gonna we're win. gonna win. We're yeah. gonna win the SEC yeah. every year. And we're gonna win the national team. <laughs> championship god bless arkansas so okay so we've got so then coming off of notre dame wake forest at home that's got it that's got to be a w. that's a tough game though that's a tough wake forest game. wake forest and virginia are both really tough games at home and they kind of dictate how our season goes if are we, we question marking games, that is that a question no, mark i mean it could be but I, I just will say if you if you win those games right then we're talking about a real good season right we got to we got to be locked in on those games. And it's always concerning with a team that has the hype like our team and also has the kind of swag that we do that we overlook a Virginia or overlook a Wake Forest because they come in all buttoned up like they just went to church on Sunday and they're a bunch of tryhards. And our team's all swag, all sauce, and they get a little distracted, you know, by the tryhards. And the, you know how it is. You go to the YMCA, you get a bunch of kids hand-checking and, like, playing defense hard up on you. You're like... 
I'm not having fun anymore. You know what I mean? And that, that's what they're they're coming to Chapel Hill to make us not have a good time. So I want to put a W, put a W, but there are question mark vibes in the air. Okay, that that that's fair. That's I just <laughs> you got me more nervous about that game than I. Wake Forest it's is homecoming. good, by the way. Does that count for anything? Yeah. That helps. That helps. That helps. Okay, that's a W. All right, so we're now, I think we're five and one now. Nice. That's good. Five and one with how many question marks? I think we have <laughs> three four question, question marks. marks. Four question. We marks. have we have okay. one, two, and three and four. I might have this wrong. It's okay. We're, we're the math will add up somehow. The yeah. next game is another one that traditionally scares me. Away to Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. Yeah. Just think about trap that. game. Uh, Trap game. At Pitt on a Thursday night. That just doesn't – it feels like Kenny Pickett's going to do a bunch of stuff. I don't even know if Kenny yeah, Pickett's who, there anymore. Who, yeah, who made who made the schedule? This is a trap. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I'm, like, getting upset about this. It's, I, it makes you angry when you read it, right? It's just there's <laughs> yeah, something yeah. wrong about this. We, it's yeah, like we were, they don't want us to be a football school is what it sounds like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time we're going through, I'm like, wait a second. Is that another trap game? <laughs> That's, this is literally – when we had this conversation, we're like, "Oh my god, the entire schedule is trap games! How did this yeah. happen? It's yeah, unbelievable." But the first time you look at it, the when we looked at this a week ago, we're like, "W W W W." What happened? The Virginia Tech game, something That's, broke in our brains. They broke us, and I, oh I'm scared my. that they did that to our players too. You know what I mean? Like, as I said, we we're so built on confidence that if we don't have confidence, then who are we? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very Sergio Garcia playing golf. Like you, you got to have the confidence, and if you don't, you're just a different player. Wow, Carolina football, Sergio Garcia. <laughs> That's rough. I, mean, I love no, Sergio. Sergio. Great ball strike. No, we can't. We can't be Sergio. We cannot no, be we gotta, Sergio. We got to be. We got to be. At least we won the Masters. It, at least That's what I'm saying. Masters. When do we get our green jacket? Yeah. You know, like that'll happen. It was supposed. It's supposed to be this year, but I think we just bumped it back a year. I really do. I yeah. think it might be next year. Because okay, but then we don't have Sam. Well, because we we finished we'll Wofford. So we get to five oh. wins, and then NC Dang. State. I mean, I can't even believe I'm admitting this out loud. NC yeah. State might be a question mark. No, NC State is 100% a question mark. Are you kidding me? Day after Thanksgiving in Raleigh, Ugh. and State's already a top 25 team. Apparently, they're going to be ranked 23. So we're going to probably fall out of the ranking. I don't know if we'll fall out, but we're going to drop down. State's going to bump in, apparently. And then we're going to already be – so technically you're playing a ranked team who is your – they're not a rival. But, you know, you're playing a team that wants to be your rival and trying so hard to be that they're going to try so – if I, if you think Virginia and Wake Forest were trying hard, wait till you see NC State on this – it's a Friday game, right, too? I mean, it's – Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's oh, a Friday. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah so we're, we – there, my worst case scenario, and I will say this on the record, my worst case scenario is we are defeated on Fridays and undefeated every other day, and our two losses are at Virginia Tech and at NC State to start the season and to wrap the season, which means we don't get any momentum going into you know the the championship game. Hopefully, we would still be able to make it, depending on what would happen. At least they're in the Atlantic, but. To lose to state would just be such a sour taste, and then to start the season like we did is such a sour taste. And that doesn't help with brand play, you know what I mean? And that's what Mac needs. We need we need momentum going into bowl season into December. So let's hope that's a W. If we lose any of these other games in between, we have to beat State on the road. That's we have to suffocate State. I, th I think if we were taking this whole thing and summarizing it quickly for someone, we'd say 
that there are a lot of question marks here. They're like, you know, I hope we can go to like the the bull selection committee and be like, do, do yeah. you accept question marks in the form of wins? Because we're, yeah, we're going to yeah. need you to do that. But I mean, so so it, it's really it ultimately it's it's what team comes out of this loss because we they could be yeah. shell shocked, kind of the way we feel about all these trap games, and be like, I don't know about this anymore. Or they could be like, dude, we're going to beat the the living hell out of everybody. And you're going to see how legit we are. And and yeah. I would love for it to be number two. But, I mean, all the, the, the confidence I had before the season, I feel like it's leaking now. <laughs> it's all falling. Yeah, it's kind of all falling apart a little bit. But I will, you know, we do have the quarterback, you know, and that's half the battle in college football, you know, right? Like every single team. Is, I mean, just look at Wisconsin and Penn State, right? You watch these teams play football and you're thinking to yourself, my God, I mean, this is embarrassing. This is not even football. They can't even throw the ball five yards. And then, you know, even LSU playing UCLA, I was at that game. LSU doesn't have a quarterback right now, right? So they, they legitimately don't have a chance because they don't have a quarterback. We have the quarterback, and he is so tough. He took some huge hits against the Virginia Tech. And I swear to God, I think that the meeting that they had before the game was like, Let's take out Josh Downs. Let's take out Sam Howe. Just the way that they were hitting either one of them, any chance that they got. And both those guys got up, and they were fine. And they're tough kids, and they're superstars, really, at the end of the day. Josh Downs is a star. Sam is a star. And I hope that, like you said, that they believe that, and they continue to play like that. They continue to work like that. And I saw Josh Downs put on his Instagram, not to bring it all back to social media, but he said it was the climb back, you know what I mean? And I think... J. Cole, I mean, that's what he was on. It's North Carolina sports. It's the grind. It's the sideline story. They, they've shelved us. They said it's over. They said we got no chance. And now we just got to ride back and make it happen. And I'm not going to say it's going to be pretty. I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia goes to overtime and it's an ugly slugfest. I wouldn't be surprised if Duke makes us squirm a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami's up early against us. I wouldn't be surprised if we're losing to Florida State. But I think as long as they have in the back of their mind we're the better team on the field, we have a shot. And I hope that Virginia Tech didn't take that away from us. I don't think that they did, but it, like you said, we're, we're leaking a little bit. We're leaking a little bit. Yeah, I, I just realized that was, that was helpful. I just realized I was coming out of worst case. And, and yeah. that, was, that was worst case. So I was supposed to be leaking a little bit of confidence. Now I'm back. Fully confident. <laughs> we're football school. Running yeah. the table. And we're going to win yeah. the national championship. All right, so, like so, so Tate, can I read you some, some fun facts about our next opponent, Georgia State? Please. That I've Please. compiled get from. It, let's just, get us up to date on Georgia State. I'll get, oh, I, I, we should just do that every week. Let's just yeah, follow the rest of Georgia State season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 quick second. Yours makes more sense than mine, but I'm just, <laughs> I have an interest in Georgia State now. Uh, so Georgia State, what, what is there to know about Georgia State? Okay, so they have a quarterback. His name is uh, Cornelius Quad Brown. I think it's because he's Cornelius okay. Brown the fourth. They call him Quad. Oh man, I always, I always wanted to have a quad. Uh, one of my best friends growing up was Trip because he was the third, and I always wanted him to have a son that would be quad. quad. Great Love name, quad. right? I, by the way, yeah, I, yeah, I, should, yeah. I should credit Phil Steele here for for most, if not all, this information for Phil. the notes. Okay, Phil, you Thank have a you, great Phil. guide. I, I, I just got to tip my hat. You great, great guide. So, so Quad Brown. Okay, so he he supposedly has a cannon, but is also mobile. Six foot five. Oh, what? One hundred ninety pounds. This is who we're playing? This is, Trap game. This is who we're playing. <laughs> he didn't have a great game last week. I don't know. Have I mentioned before they lost to Army 43-10 to 10 last week? I'll, yeah, I'm going to mention that good. a few more times in this preview. Please. Uh, Please. He did not have a great game. No touchdowns, one pick. But the, the preview made him seem pretty sweet. And, again, great nickname, Quad. Um, <laughs> they got two good tight ends. 
I don't. I mean, I don't really know. I think one of them didn't even get a catch last week, but I just immediately thought Patriots. Like they yeah. get a citizen with tight end sets. You know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um. They have a good D line. They have weak linebackers, but I almost when, when we talk about the Patriots, I just want to call it the Brady era. You know what I mean? I feel like the Patriot, like it was really just Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not even the Patriots. It's just Tom Brady era. That's you know? so amazingly disrespectful, and I love it. And I, I, I love tend it. to use it going forward. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the Tom yeah, Brady yeah. era in New England. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, that's what make it long and make sure you cut them out. They, they, the Patriots are not a part of it. They did a lot of double tight end sets in the Tom Brady era up in New yeah. England. Uh, so, exactly. so anyway, so Georgia State, so this is a Chaz Surratt alert, okay? They Ooh. also have a quarterback turned linebacker. Wow. And that's – it. it it only gets more interesting from from there. So his name's Jamil Muhammad. <laughs> I didn't even think that was a thing until Chazaret did it. It was pretty epic. It, yeah. It's really epic. And now there's another guy. His name's I think it's Jamil or Jamil Muhammad. He plays a position according to Phil Steele's guide. It's just it's it's four letters all caps. It's dog. D A W G. Wow. They have a, a a dog linebacker. I mean that's amazing. I don't, I don't know what that linebacker's supposed <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah. What his responsibilities it's like, are. Uh, what what was the Fedora had a he had a stupid position like that you know what I mean I can't remember what it was oh, but, but I, I love remember those. writing about it. I don't know, is it a, <laughs> yeah, is it a strong yeah. safety it was like a hybrid it's it like a, a hybrid is it a linebacker? yeah it's a safety linebacker hybrid yeah exactly it just made, it was like I think wasn't wasn't Brian Urlacher uh, like the Lobo like the the first one of yeah. those or was he yeah I mean he was a strictly linebacker but I feel like there was someone like that who had some really weird hybrid thing that's where it began. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's very wildcat, you know, era. It was around the same time where everyone's trying to make something. It's it's like Love you're it. trying to make yeah something a thing, but you're like, haven't we seen it? Like it's kind of run pass option, isn't that every single play is a run pass option? Like every single play, you're either gonna run it or pass it. It's great marketing for football, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what else is there to note about Georgia State? Okay, their head coach Sean Elliott, he's taken them to three bowl games in four years with two wins. Wow. Dude, this is a trap game. So they, this, I, might, I, I, this might be a question mark. <laughs> but, okay, but they lost 51-0 to zero to Coastal Carolina last season. So Oh, shout out to Coastal. One of the Carolinas went, hey, Coastal Carolina, great color scheme. Oh, man. Oh. The, the most viral tweet I ever had was saying that uh, I said Coastal Carolina football on the way, and it was Kenny Powers on his jet ski and somehow matching the perfect colors, and it, you know, it was like I think forty thousand retweets or something like that, and I was like, "This is why Twitter." When people are like, "Why do you spend your time on Twitter?" I'm like, "Honestly, it's a waste of time." And then I, I found out I was correct when that happened. I was like, "This is." But also yeah. shout out to Coastal Carolina. You're, you're you know just I mean? like you're love, like love a, their football program. You're, you're like a miner. You're just like sifting through all this like terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible stuff, Bullshit. and you like find this like gem that's like. The, yeah. the Kenny Powers Coastal Carolina crossover tweet. Yeah. Like, I access You're like, this, this is level. why I'm here. I can't yeah, believe I this is why I'm here. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, shout out to Coastal. Uh, Shannon Clear, great name. Um, yeah. 51-0 They should win be good Georgia again State. this year. I think they should be good again. They should be good again. I I, I, I didn't read the Coastal Carolina Phil Steele preview, uh, but I'll go yeah, right on yeah. that. <laughs> and my last Georgia State note is uh, they lost to Army last year, 43-10. to 10. I don't know if I mentioned that yet or not. So Or last week. Last week. They're, last week. That's yeah. a good correction, but... So yeah, so I mean, so are you feeling it's feeling a little more trappy? Yeah, you're you've got me all in my head about this being a trap game and I, I just think like could it get worse, you know what I mean? I feel like we're we're really low right now, but like worse the worst that it gets is that 
we get trapped up in a Georgia State game where you know they somehow pull it out, and then we have Virginia come to town, and that's a trap game. And then now we're we're sitting in zero and three, and we're just like we're just in a in a colossal snowball of trap games, and they just keep coming, and and <laughs> like that that is that is my nightmare. You know what I mean? So we can't let that happen. So I'm hoping that we just come out in this game, impose our will. And just let people know that, look, we're, we might not be the number 10 team in the country right now, but in October, November, we will be a top 10 team. I think that's really the message that we have to send. And that's what we should be. And I think that's what Mac Brown's saying to the team. He's like, look, the hype is because that's just, this is who we can be. This is who we will be at the end of the season. But we got a long way to go before we get to that point. So let's hunker down. Let's blow out Georgia State. And let's get ready for Virginia. I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I like the second version a, uh, a lot better than the, <laughs> the trap games. This is, be, this is best case, worst case. You know <laughs> well, I mean? That was right. worst case, best we're, case. We're keeping the theme going. But yeah, if, <laughs> if trap game becomes trap games, become trap season, that's not yeah. a great outcome. Uh, yeah, see, I, it, but but I will I will argue uh, against the Supreme Court or whoever I have to that it was a trap season and that these were all trap games and I yeah. will and I will make I will make the case. We're not going I mean? to bail on it. If this turns into no. a trap season, we were on the scene first. We were the first to, to document reporting on it, and, and you have all the files here. This is going to yeah. turn into like a... And, and we're playing Trap Lord 3 for the rest of the season, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're just playing Gucci Trap Lord 3 songs throughout, you know what I mean? We're not even talking anymore. <laughs> just you just put this on at a party. After you after you lose, just put this podcast on. we got a good yeah. soundtrack on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think... I think this is what happens with Georgia State. I hope this is what happens, is... Yeah, we're knocking on wood. We're crossing our fingers. Yes. We're doing all the well, things. this is just a strategy thing entirely. Okay. Like, I, I, I like strategy. I just hope that all you know, Mac, Phil, Jay. I don't know why I'm only using their first names, but you all know who I'm talking about. They all yeah. round up this week, and they're like, "Look, there are a lot of guys. This is kind of this is a variation on a theme that you introduced earlier. There are a lot of young guys on this roster who could make an impact right now. Who we've you know set up the depth chart in a different way to give deference and respect to older guys who have put in the work." We're going to yeah. make some changes this week and, and kind of adjust the snap counts a little bit and give those guys some looks. And if they perform well, they will have earned the job, and then we will have a reason to play them more going forward, and it won't upset the sort of harmony uh, that we have in the locker room. Like I, I hope that's what happens because I think that, that it's an easy way to introduce those guys in a lower-pressure setting than the Virginia Tech game was and let them perform. And, and kind of yeah. and kind of get them get them more and have fun. You know have that fun. was the problem. Like when I watch Carolina football at our best, like you watched that Miami game last year. Like we're having fun. When you watch the 08 Rutgers game when we wore navy pants for the first time and we were playing in New Jersey, we were having fun. We were blocking punts. Bruce Carter's Quan Sturdivant. We're we're having this amazing moment and our sideline is lit and there was no fans pulling for us in you know nowhere New Jersey. But we believed that we were about to be the realist. We were about to be one of those teams. And like that, that is the, I don't want the, the bad side of being good where you're like anxious and worried that you're not going to perform. I want the, the fun side of like y'all messed up. Y'all let us get all together. Y'all let this much talent come to North Carolina. And now you got a major problem on your hands. And that, that is the ethos of what Mac Brown era should be and what it is in reality. And like, we got thrown off the rail a little bit with Virginia tech, but that comes with the territory playing a coastal team, a rival team. But now you get back on track. You let people know, like you were laughing at us. Now we're about to laugh at you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's about to be funny, and it's going to be Joe Pesci funny for the rest of the year. And uh, 
That's what we need. That's what we need for Carolina football. That's what you and I need for this podcast. And uh, I believe, I believe it's possible. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. We're we're not done yet. This is good. We're the underdogs again. We're we're yeah. you know the 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 spotlight is momentarily away from us. We can kind of regroup and we can we get to kind of fight with that mentality the rest of the way. Um, yeah. I've just now realized this is going to be hasty and unplanned. We we did we didn't even talk about doing our Rams of the week. But we have oh, them. Yeah. We have Rams of, of the course. Week. So Of course. I'm sure this is like a, this will be a place where we've just inserted some good Ram of the Week music and, you know, some branding <laughs> and stuff like that. And then, you know, hey, here we're we're gonna talk about our Rams of the Week. Tate, take it away. Yeah. Ram of the Week for me is pretty easy. He is number eleven and uh he is number one in our hearts, and his name is Josh Downs. And he came into a very tough environment. He had a lot of eyeballs on him, he had a lot of defenders trying to knock his head off. But regardless, he held it down and he let people know that he is a true number one receiver for our team. He is a true, you know, playmaker. I wouldn't even say he's just a receiver. He's just a playmaker. Just get him the ball. Let it happen. Very Percy Harvin-esque. You know what I mean? Just get him the fall, football and let it happen. My Ram of the Week uh, went on the road, was tough, uh, as any Ram should be, and was taking some major hits, like I said, and got back up every single time. Was not afraid of the smoke. Will bring more smoke, and uh, I'm excited for the climb back for Josh Downs. Yeah, Josh Downs, you know, again, we talked about at the beginning of the season how much we love this guy, and our love yeah. somehow only grew even even in that loss. Uh, I'm surprised he, he had eight catches. I'm surprised we didn't try to give him the ball more because he was yeah. the one difference maker Literally, on offense. Literally, the one. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to be the one, and in, in my mind at least succeeding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I mean, I think the tough part about that, not to stray too far away from Ram of the Week, is – He's gonna need help because if if those if his, his other receivers can't help him out, like he's gonna get doubled every week. And I just hope that you know we can do things to create opportunities for him to to get the ball and score because he yeah. is electrifying. I love watching him play. It, it was I, there was one little bummer in watching that game. You know, Trey Turner, Virginia Tech's eleven, was down yeah. to us in Tech, and I was just thinking for a moment like how sick it would have been for Downs and Turner to have been on the field. PJ Harrison's time. brother, by the way. Oh, uh, so. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Yeah, that's he wanted to, he like you said he wanted to play in North Carolina. They were yeah down to the final two, and he goes to Virginia Tech probably for yeah. the bag. But you know, as his life, yeah, he had we, he had a good game. So you know, <laughs> he had a great game. Uh, yeah, my my Ram of the week is yes, Jaquarius Conley, number zero. Woo, that sub zero, sub zero. Your your the Tate Frazier line is he looks like someone who should have gone to LSU and you are one hundred percent correct that guy is, and I just watched LSU this weekend so I can confirm Conley would have started on their defense no doubt without a doubt I think you know they're they he he's built up a ton of strength he you know he he was a playmaker you know he had an interception you know was in the pile there forcing the fumble like I I think that for him to and last year I think he was a nickel corner now he's a strong safety yeah. for him to have you know, made that impact when a lot of guys around him weren't, weren't, you know, offering as much help or as, as much, as much in terms of, of game breaking stuff. Like early on, I think a lot of the defensive players were just kind of settling into the game or, you know, even kind of playing poorly in terms of being confused by motion that Virginia tech, you know, a lot of stuff they were doing pre-snap. I like, you know, he was one guy that I felt like the, the entire game put in a really good shift and made a difference. And so Jacorius is my, first week Ram of the week so yeah he goes go. by sub-zero Sub he is a monster he is a he's a great piece a great addition on this back end of this team he was like I said in this game you kind of you were getting hit in the mouth mm. and you got to hit back and Conley and Downs were the two guys that I felt like showed 
that kind of fight that you wanted to see. I also want to give an honorable mention, Ram of the Week, to Tony Grimes. He got put on an island one time uh, that they went for a touchdown there against him and basically were like trying to see. Because we had Trey Morrison playing corner. I still don't know why that happened. Um, and then we didn't get, they didn't get a foot down uh, or the foot was out of bounds. And then Tony Grimes was one-on-one. They tried to run the exact same play. Tony Grimes held it down, got a big stop there. And that, like you said, there, there were there were few and far between bright spots in this game. But Tony Grimes in that moment, I was like, okay, that's nice. You know, our, our Darrell Revis, our island corner, he's good. Tony's good. He's 19 now. This is the Jason Tatum. He's 19. He's going to be a star. Um, and then Conley, you know, that pick was huge. And just, you know, the, the fact that he was not backing down from these guys, he was trying to make a play. He was trying to get a strip. He was trying to get a turnover. He was trying to turn the momentum, flip the game. Uh, that's what you got to do when you're the Ram of the Week. So Conley, our boy Josh Downs, both Ram of the Week. I think that's uh, I think we we did them their their due you know due service there because they deserve it. Yeah, I, I think it, it's good to mention their names. I feel like I, I wish I wish I could have sold at least mind of it a little bit better. It's just tough after a loss. <laughs> it's like hey, you know, I know, yeah, you know? exactly. It's that you can't really point to like the game winning play. You know what right. I mean? Because if that interception happens and we go down and score a touchdown, and then we're talking about right. like. Conley changed the whole game, and he almost did. And kudos to him for trying. Well, but the, but they'll be back. They'll. They, I'm certain that two, both of those will be future Rams of the week, and hopefully at that point we'll have a massive sponsorship deal with with Dodge, you know, like Dodge Ram lease a truck for the season as part of an yes. NIL deal. But yes, or Michael Jordan Nissan, because like Michael's Ooh. got a deal for you, man. That was a great commercial. Does he still if you own ever that gr- Nissan dealership? Yeah, he has to. He has to. And it's also funny because Russell Westbrook owns like all the Nissans out in LA proper like outside really? basically San Yeah, San Fernando Valley is all Russell Westbrook Nissans. Interesting. Um and I and I, and I and I see that and I think see he's jump man. He learned something from Michael. He's like I got to go to get a get a car dealership, slap my name on it. I wonder does Nissan Nissans. make a good truck? I'm sure they do. We can look that up. Nissan, you let us know. Nissan, listen. We could be, it could be the Nissan Ram of the week. You just let us know. Um, well, you know, by now, as you could have imagined, there is not going to be a guest on this week's show. Um, I, yeah. I feel like I shouldn't. we shouldn't have to explain that. Uh, it would have been amazingly depressing to have anyone on this yeah. week to talk Carolina. We were going to have Marquise Williams on, but it would have been weird if we were just like, Marquise, make us feel better. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll save that yeah. for another time. We, we, have, we have conversations that we are hoping to have. Uh, we'll do them under... <laughs> better circumstances so yes figure this after week, beating georgia state and you know beating virginia you know these types of things yeah. maybe we have chris long on after we beat virginia maybe we ask him that there so that go. he can feel the pain that we are feeling right now you yeah know, that would be nice and, and, and i just hope this was an experience of, of commiseration that was enjoyable and helped you the carolina football fan i'm speaking to out there just cleanse that loss off yeah. your body or, or maybe just the you palate. know Maybe do some like bargaining with it or, or whatever stage of grief you're in right now. I'm, I'm, yeah. I hope it's going well for you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I am grieving, but I'm not done yet. I'm not dead yet. I, uh, I believe that we will rise. Um, and it may not be, you know, this year that we win the CFP, but we're not done yet. Mac Brown's not done yet. You got to have hope. Hope is a dangerous thing, and it leads to beautiful things. And uh, Carolina football, we're right on the verge, Charlie. We're right on the verge of goodness. I feel it. I feel it deep in my loins. I, I feel like the only other things that I want to say are we're in year three. Yeah. And it's not a four year decision. It's a 40 <laughs> year decision. Okay. Let's go. So we can still be the one. Let's all go be the one this week. This is football school. I am Tate Frazier. He is Charlie Hume and we will see you next week. Hey, baby.